picture this. A customer lands on your website and submits an inquiry. From there, they automatically receive an email about your services and a link to book a call. After they book a call, they receive automatic reminders of the session and all you have to do is show up. Can you imagine taking a lead from cold to warm without doing any manual steps? How many more customers could you serve and how much more money could you make if this was true for your business? Friend, this level of automation is what's in store for you today. Will Christensen is the co-founder of Data Automation, which customizes both automation and integration processes for e-commerce sellers. Okay, and you're hearing this and you're like, oh, not for me. I'm here to say, don't worry. Service-based owners too, uh, we're going to figure out how we're all talking about automation to bring those sales in like a steady stream. Yes. Now, Will has over a decade of business development experience, so it's safe to say he has a passion for helping all businesses work more efficiently. Okay, so you hear the word efficiency and you hear automation and you're like, Jasmine, where's your pocket protector? Where's like the piece of tape in between your glasses? And I'm pretty sure you need some rainbow suspenders. Prepare your heart because in our conversation today, we discuss the types of businesses who can benefit from automation, what processes should not be automated, apps that you could do this and so much more. I loved chatting with Will because this is a super nerdy and by nerdy, that's my people. Okay. It is also an in-depth conversation about taking things off my plate and this is something I live for. So y'all, even if you're not part of the nerdy tribe with me, I'm also part of the geeky tribe. True facts. My husband makes fun of me all the time about this. Either way, I own it, but even if you're not part of that tribe, but you're like, Jasmine, I need things off my plate. This conversation is going to blow your mind. So let's listen in. Friends, let's have a face-to-face -face or ear-to-ear -ear or my voice-to-your-ear conversation. I'm about to introduce you to somebody who humbly, not so humbly, refers to himself as the Tony Stark of automation. But the reason I'm having this conversation is because y'all know that I am a big fan of making mistakes as long as we don't stop making them. Because in every mistake, there is a lesson. Will really prides himself in understanding that the way you increase efficiency and the way that you make more time in your life and the way that you automate certain aspects of your business actually comes on the heels of, or as a result of, making mistakes in the past. So we're gonna start the conversation there. If you have made mistakes and said, you know what, automation doesn't work for me, or you know what, I'm just not an efficient person, or it takes too long to build out that system, we are here to change your mind. So friends, family, saints, and ain'ts, welcome, Will. Will, I'm happy to have you here. We're excited to be here. I'll, I'll be honest, um, it, it gets me excited to talk about this. Every, every time I, I broach the subject of efficiency, automation, um, I get pretty stoked. <laughs> okay, so my so for my fellow nerds out there, aka I'm a very proud nerd, I like to do things that are smarter. I don't want the business running me. I want to run the business and how this is possible, specifically because y'all know I was a solopreneur for over a decade, was getting strong 
systems in place. I was automating things that I could. Now, if you're here, you say, I've been there, done it, tried it. I got the t-shirt and nothing else. We're going to have Will walk us through some of the common mistakes and pitfalls. But before we get that, Will, let's chat a little bit about your self-ordained title as the Tony Stark of software. Where did that come from? And I love me some Tony Stark. Do not get me started on Tony Stark. Okay. So um, I'm a huge Marvel fan, always have been. And um, actually two years ago for my birthday, my wife was like, okay, I'm going to let you watch all, every single one of the Marvel <laughs> movies again until, you know, until the most recent one came out. I, I, I literally in one month, every weekend, like nine hours, because there were like 27 shows. It, it was crazy. <laughs> Um, so Tony Stark of software actually came an assistant. It's not, I didn't give it to myself. An assistant <laughs> of mine uh, gave me that title. She's like, dude, you're like the Tony Stark of automation and software. Like you, you know about everything. And I was like, ah, I don't know about everything. She's like, well, you always seem to be showing me something new. <laughs> I love this. I love this. I love this. Now, it's going to be super important for the context of listeners and their businesses, because really this conversation is not about me and it's not about you, even though we both can agree that you are brilliant. Let's just start with some basics. We're going to get into your origin story and why you get so excited to talk about these things. But first... Let's just pre-qualify people who are listening. Can all business owners find something in their business to automate? Now, I know that you have like, I know you have a passion and love for e-commerce, but for people who are service providers or people who are creatives, like can anybody find something to automate in their business? Oh, if you're not automating inside your business, you're missing out on a huge opportunity. Amen. Um, oh, it is, it is shocking um, how much there is actually out there in the world that's automatable in just a few button clicks. Um, you know, stuff that's out of the box, stuff that's free. It's, it's honestly really mind-blowing to see um, what's possible. So yes, if you're a service provider, so you ask about service provider, that's, what, that's where data automation started. Um, we now own a couple of SaaS products that are kind of shifting the business model, but service provider, e-commerce consultant, marketing consultant, automation consultant, that's where we started. And you'd be <gasps> shocked... You'd be shocked at how much I did to automate inside my own business. So yeah, yes, service providers, e-commerce companies, all of the above. They're okay. 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 So, Will, can we play a game? I'm in. Can I throw out an industry or an entrepreneur, and you tell me at least one thing from the top of your mind that they can automate? I'm going to do five and I'm just going to pull them out of nowhere. Okay. I love it. Here we go. Here, this is based on a lot of our, our of our listeners. Number one. Photographer, what do I automate? Okay, so photographer, it's actually funny that you say photographer because I used to be a photographer uh, oh, in, in my past life. So yeah, I've, I've totally done a little bit of that. Um, automation for photographers, one of the things that drove me crazy about being a photographer was uh, naming and organizing my files. And so um, I figured out how to automate a file organization system where you drag all of the photos into this program called drop it and it automatically puts the date of the photo shoot and then a name that you then go in and replace so instead of you having to be like okay now i go select this photo down to that photo and push it over here i just automatically push it in um via a photo organizing or a a a file organizing tool for the computer so yeah ridiculous okay 
Industry number two, profession number two, life coach. Okay. So as a life coach, um, let's say that you are constantly trying to gather feedback from your listeners or from your from the people you're coaching, right? And you get them on a cal- onto a calendar. What if you set it up so that you could automatically anonymously gather feedback from everybody that you talk to five minutes after you had the coaching session? Uh, you could, yeah. I mean, how, how amazing would that be? Right. So like you, you get a text message and it says, Hey, um, this is an, an anonymous, anonymous survey. Click this link, you know, fill out the, fill out some, some feedback for me. How did I do? That is a gold mine. Or you could automate asking for referrals. Hey, that was an amazing session. You know, really enjoyed it. Anybody knew anybody, you know, who could use this, uh, use use me as a as a resource um, okay so i said i wanted to do five entrepreneurs and in industries we start off a photographer we got super granular but here's one thing about this amazing automation suggestion for a life coach is that same feedback anonymous feedback loop could be used number one for a professional speaker number two for a course creator and number three for a podcast host. So y'all, we just went through five different industries in less than five minutes of one aspect of automation. So if you're not a believer, y'all better turn up because we're about to change your dang mind. So the second limiting belief that I'm just starting right here before we actually get into the origin story and why it's so important for us to automate as entrepreneurs is, is automation for seasoned business owners or new entrepreneurs too. Like if people are just getting started in their first or second year, how high on the list is automation from your perspective. Oh, so so we actually started a podcast as well. We call it Automate, Delegate, Eliminate. And Amen. We- yes. Amen. I love that. <laughs> so so Automate, Delegate, Eliminate. Those are the pivot points that happen in any business. And the mm-hmm. automate part of it needs to come at the very, very beginning. Because if you can't get the business to scale to the point where you can support another person, who do you delegate to? You can't, mm-hmm. there, there's no delegation opportunities. And so um, I believe that automate needs to be one of the very first things that you learn how to understand and do and research software and look at that. So absolutely, if you don't have it in the very beginning, you probably need to be re- regrouping and re looking at that. I think that I'm just going to co-sign. I think that I waited far too long to automate because my first hurdle, and this is why I have Will on the show, is because I'm like, listen, how much time and energy and years and wasted blood, sweat and tears can I save somebody? I just didn't know what to automate. It was like my mind just went blank. And when you talked about, I asked about the photographer example because I spent over a decade as a professional photographer with a really successful business and there I was relabeling my files. <laughs> like, so if somebody is sitting here and be like, well, I just don't know what to automate, but they know they have the desire. Like, where does somebody go for that? Like early on? You know, one of my favorite things about the world right now is that we are information overloaded. It's my, it's my favorite and least favorite thing about the world right now is information is at our fingertips. So if you are a photographer and you were to say, okay, you know what? I want to figure out some good automations go Google, literally go type into Google, type in, type in 10 automations for, or best automations for photographers. If you type, like there's a blogger out there who has already covered this. That's the cool part is you don't, you don't have to be original. You don't have to think about it. Somebody's already mapped out a lot of this stuff for you. 
Um, the second thing I would say is, you know, as you're thinking about where to go with this, I have this litmus test that I use to discover where my nuggets for automation are. Um, I call it 15-1-1, 15 minutes a day, an hour a week, or an hour a month. If you're not spending at least that much time on whatever it is that you're looking at, and it's a repeatable thing, if it doesn't hit 15-1-1, move on. Go, go to the next thing. Because I found that sometimes I'll, I'll, I'm spending two to three minutes a day on something and that's not enough ROI for you to really spend the two to three, eight hours it's gonna take to automate that process. But if you're spending 15 minutes a day, that, that adds up to an hour and 15 a week if you're talking business days, right? And you very quickly run into four hours a month. And then in just two months, I can spend an entire workday automating that one process. And I've hit ROA positive in just two months because I, 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 I was took, I all of a sudden no longer have that 15 minute task every day. So 15, one, one, 15 minutes a day, an hour a week or an hour a month. I use that first. So get out a sticky note, write 15, one, one on the top of it, put it on your desk and then start writing down the things that happen against them. The second thing I tell people, only begin automating after you've done it five times manually. Uh, I feel like I could say, you're welcome, and the show can end right here. That's amazing. So number one, that's such like that was such like a clowning effect. You're just like, I'm like, so what do I automate? You're like, let me tell you about this tiny little website called Google. Google it, top 10 automations for there you go. Fill in the blank for your industry. Then we talk about the 15-1-1. Bring out the sticky note at the end of this podcast. Right now, as you're listening, write a little alarm on your phone or a post-it note if you're old school like yours truly. And then number two, only automate after you've done it five times. That right there, friends, is like drop the podcasting mic awesomeness. So as another side question, because I'm all about the basic questions, because I feel like I've automated a ton in my business, but I could definitely do more. Once I have found out 10 things, 10 possibilities that I could automate in my business, what's the next logical step? I do it myself. I get learnings around it. Like what, what do I do? So it, let's say that you've narrowed it down and you're, you've discovered this really cool thing where uh, let, let, let's talk about that feedback analysis. Let's say that you're Oh, that's a, a good one. That's let's, juicy. That's let's say, amazing. Well, let, let's, let's take your business, Jeff. And so if you, if you, you know, after this podcast, you, you've obviously developed a relationship here and you want to ask for feedback from me, you start to think, Hey, you know what? If I ask Will for feedback, this is going to be really good. And let's say that you're doing three to four podcasts a day. If you're, you know, writing out that email each time manually asking each guest for feedback, you're spending five minutes per, you've hit 15-1-1. That's more than, that, that's, that's 20 minutes a day. Then you, you, once you do that, you know, let's say for three or four days, you're like, oh, wow, I'm getting some really juicy nuggets in terms of what my business can be and where it can grow to and everything that's coming on. This is actually really impressive. Wow. All of a sudden you've keyed into something that's creating value, but it's also becoming a time suck, right? You have to spend five minutes every single podcast to do that. Well, zeroing in on that process, it's down on your sticky note. You've done the 1511. You've got your five tick marks next to it because you've done it five times manually. The very next step is to go and start Googling it. So let's, let's ask ourselves, what is that? Automated feedback. Well, that's an interesting word. Let's go put that in there. And so you throw automated feedback for podcast host. 
into, into Google, you'll be shocked at how many people are out there who have created a software tool that's specifically for what you're looking for. So sometimes it's going to be like, wait, what's this autumn, you know, like, like there's a, a, an automated feedback tool called feedback genius for Amazon sellers. Um, it's called feedback genius. And, if, <laughs> and it, it, like if you, if you Google automated feedback for Amazon sellers, feedback genius and several of these others are going to come up on that list. There are marketers who are begging you to Google it so they can automate it for you for less than what you would have spent going in there. So that's, that's one thing I would say is, you know, come up with the name of what it is. Another way you could look at it is say, okay, what are the components here? I'm talking about mm. a Google calendar and I want to automatically email people after an event happens. So wait, all right, hold on. Let's break that down. Automatically email after Google calendar event. If, that's a, that's a big fat long sentence, but if you hand that sentence to Google, they'll start to come back to you and show you tools and other people who have done that. This is stupid. Like, this is stupid good. Like, I feel like I could also conclude the podcast right here. Y'all, if you are listening to this, I have no doubt you're going to listen to this once more if you're a special little snowflake like yours truly, because I'm hearing this and I'm like, like, if I had, <laughs> if I had to describe this entire podcast thus far in two words, it would be Google it. Um, okay. So you are the founder or the co-founder of data automation. Explain a little bit about what you do and your origin, because for the rest of those questions, we now can framework really the value add in your perspective. So, um, you know, data automation has always been a passion of mine. And by the way, on the, on the, on the note of Google it, it is a skill. So, so don't, don't feel bad if you're like, well, but I tried that and it didn't work. Go look at the suggested section at the bottom. Good. Look at the, look good. at those words down there. Understand where it's going. So, so I just had to had to make that comment. That thank you. Don't 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 walk away from this thinking. Oh, all I have to do is Google it. That was dumb. <laughs> you, you have to learn the nomenclature around what you're searching for before you'll find the results. So, that's actually keys right into the origin story of where I came from. I was uh, an unpaid intern at an advertising agency. And um, they very shortly after I became an unpaid intern, I must have impressed them in some degree because they gave me um, the lowest man on the totem pole job as a media buyer's assistant. So I was pretty excited. It was, it was my first job out of college. And I you know, jumped in and uh, got really excited. And then they handed me 16 hours of copying and pasting. And I was like, wait, 16 hours? And they were like, no, this is every week. And I was like 16 hours every week. And I'm just <laughs> like moving, like I'm just going to copy and paste. And um, I, my mind, like I, I started to like want to crawl under my desk and suck my thumb. Like it was, I was like, this is not going to be good. I don't know if I'm going to make it at this job um, because I'm, I'm not a, a lever puller. I'm not, I'm not that guy who just goes in there and I was like, okay, there's gotta be a better way. And someone showed me, um, how to do a VLOOKUP in Excel. And if, you've, if you haven't done a VLOOKUP yet, go, look, go watch a couple of YouTube videos on that and um, have your mind blown like mine was as far as like being able to match up the data sets automatically. I did say automatically. Oh, that was real cool. You need to trademark that because I'm, I'm about to create a new podcast called Automagically. <laughs> so, so my mind was blown. I was so excited. I was like, okay, so if Excel can do that, what else can it do? Mm. 
And so I went back to my dear friend Google and I spent probably 360 hours teaching myself how to automate this process. And so I went from oh, not wait, knowing- 360 hours in addition to the 16 hours you were spending a week copying and pasting. So I'm pretty sure that 360 were happening on your weekends. Okay. Well, kind of. I was, I was in the job and basically what I would do is I would spend a little longer on it than I normally, like I'd spend an extra five hours on the 16 hour task and I would automate a little piece of the uh, entire 16 hours. Okay. Oh, that was good. I'm going to clap myself up for that question because that added another layer to the story. I like this. Okay. Okay. So, so it was pretty powerful because I was able to, over the course of six to eight months, take this 16 hour process and I cut it down to just two hours. So it, it went from a 16 hour mindless journey to a two hours of tweaking all of the systems that I put in place. This took six months. Um, and, and I look back on it now and, and I honestly, I felt a little guilty for a while because I was like, well, you know, did this company that I was working for at the time, did they lose money on that? Here's the crazy part. It only took another six months for that to completely become ROI positive for them because now I had 14 hours every week that I could spend on other things inside their company. So, so in less than a year, they were ROI positive on the 360 hours that I spent teaching myself how to code and program and do all of the things that I did to do that. And that got me super excited about automation. I was Can like, I ask you a totally banal question? Cause I'm a storyteller. So I'm going to be like, huh? Now, did they mention anything to you? And they're just like, Hey, Will, this is taking longer than it was before. And then when you told them what you wanted to do, were they okay with it? Were, like, how did that work? I didn't really. So I, I tried to look for companies that I, they were okay with me just kind of figuring out my job and doing it and and they trusted me to get it done. And so, you know, after the first 5 hours, I actually found ways to automate. So, it went from 16 hours to let's say 14 hours. So, the extra 5 that I was spending each week all of a sudden didn't be wasn't really noticeable that I was that I was actually spending that much more time on it because I had already automated pieces of it. And so then it became an investment back into myself. And, and it's funny because I've, I've told this story a couple of times on a couple of podcasts and I keep wondering if eventually my old boss is going to hear <laughs> one of these podcasts and be like, what? He spent 360 hours on that? Are you kidding me? If I was your boss, I'd send you a bottle of champagne because the system that you built is now paying dividends when you're not even there anymore. So it's your legacy, son. It wasn't a liability. Get out of here. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, so it's it's pretty powerful stuff because anything you're doing that's manual obviously that that meant 15 one one and then some right because it was 16 hours a week um but but it's been pretty powerful so i got i got hooked on the idea of automation i got hooked on the idea of helping other people automate i became the resident guru of excel in my office and everybody would call me in there and be like hey so i started copying and pasting this stuff and so and so said that you helped them with something on their excel so and so I just started helping people around the office with stuff. And I was like, I really like this. And so uh, moved across the country from Utah to, to Atlanta, Georgia, or Athens, Georgia, which is just outside of Atlanta, and um, was working for a tech incubator and pitched them on the idea of creating an automation consultancy, where that was my job, was basically just hand me a manual problem and I will go fix it. Wow. 
Okay, so talk to me now, like what is your customer coming to you for and what do you alleviate? Like what's your big promise? So my big promise is that I take the wasted time and energy that America and the world's businesses are spending on manual tasks and I give that energy back to them so that they can focus on what actually turns ROI and profit. And so, so that's, I'm, I'm here to take back the world's creativity that's currently being wasted on copying and pasting and give it back to businesses so that they can put that into their bottom line. Oh, that's amazing. That's brilliant for people who are listening. Like, let's just all have a collective amen for this. Now, just to make sure that I'm covering my bases, we went through, just to loop it back to the start of the conversation, around the idea of the 1511. And uh, to make sure that we're keeping track that we ha have automated only after we've done something five times. Is there anything before that that we need to set the foundation for automation? Anything that from your perspective, be like, I wish these people would do this before coming to me or anything? Well, so there are three questions that I tell people to ask about any automation process or any process they're trying to get at in general. We, when at the very beginning, I mean, remember, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just came out and said, hey, if you need something that's manual, come and talk to us. And so we had to figure out like how to pick this apart. And I remember um, we were trying to figure out, okay, well, what questions should we ask about this? I remember, I vividly remember my new employee turning to me and saying, well, what should we ask? about these processes. And I was like, well, and so we came up with these three or four questions that are vital and key. And if you, uh, you know, let's say that you're going to post on, on Upwork or on Fiverr or one of these other places for help. If you answer these four questions in your job post, you're 99.999 more likely to be able to get help with what you're working on because you've, you've answered these questions in a way that the developer or the automation consultant or just the person who's done it before can recognize exactly what you want. So the first question is, where's the data now? And date, you can insert whatever word you want for data. Where's the email now? Where's the calendar event now? Where's whatever, where's the data now? What needs to happen to the data in between? Where does the data need to go? So those three, those three questions, you think about it, point A, point C, point B, right? Like, where's the data now? Where does it need to go? What needs to happen to it in between? And then the, the, the final question that I ask is, what triggers the process to start? So, so if you can answer those questions about the thing that you're trying to automate when you hand that off to somebody else, or when you're just trying to come up with it yourself, or you're trying to figure out what to put in Google, answer those four questions, and you're going to start to find the meat and guts of what you're trying to do. So those would be the four questions I'd ask. That is amazing. Number one, where is the data now? Mm -hmm. Where does it need to go? Where does it need to go? And where is it on the in-between? Yep. What happens to it in between? And what triggers the process? And then you go back to the beginning and say, what triggers the process to start? And then if you want to add a couple of other layers on top of it, you can say, okay, how long does this happen? It's already past 1511 at this point, right? Because otherwise you wouldn't have started asking those questions about it. But, but if you've already passed 1511, you know that it's probably going to be ROI positive because you can start, okay, so this, this is what triggers it to start. This is how long it's going. Then you can start to ask questions like, how much am I paying the individual who's doing it? Mm -hmm. And you can start to put an actual dollar value on this process is currently costing my company $500 a month. And then you've got a SaaS budget. As long as you find something for less than $500, you're, 
you've you've done something that you should have done in automating. Okay, I feel like my brain is busting right now. So you said you figure out something you should have done automating. On that note, the co- the converse of that, the inverse of that, is there anything that shouldn't be automated based on your experience? I love that question. Absolutely. <laughs> so so um, there are lots of things that shouldn't be automated, and um, one of the most common places that I point out for people when they're asking me, so like, what shouldn't I automate? is things that have to do with a lot of emotion or things that have to do with finances. So that's not to say that all things finances shouldn't be automated because there's a heck of a lot of those number punching that you should be automating. But let's talk about like sending that final invoice. So if mm. I'm sending a final invoice off to a customer, um, what is what does that mean to the customer? Think about the emotional impact that has on that customer. It's going to have a lot of emotional impact. So if you accidentally send that invoice too early, let's say a photo shoot, for example, you, you go, you do that photo shoot, you get it all done and something is screwy in where, where it's going and you automatically send the invoice before you deliver the pictures. The person's going to be like, uh, no, like I'm not paying you before I get my pictures, right? Because that's what you said. You said you'd give me the pictures and then we'd figure mm-hmm. out the rest of it. So it's super important as you're picking apart and looking at this process and seeing where it goes, that you're very clear about the expectations and everything that's going on. So watch out for things that are emotionally packed or that that mean a lot to the customer facing piece of it. So I tell people focus internally first and then then go externally is one way to look at it. Um, But anything where there's a lot of emotion Um, be careful with automating that. Okay. So jokingly in my family, so well, I have a twin sister and we're fraternal, but we look very much the same, but we casually joke in my family that my sister was born with the heart and I was born with the brain. She's very emotional where I'm just extraordinarily logical. Like I would just, you know, so automating for me, I, I have less emotional attachment, but there's a lot of listeners who feel not just that an invoice email is personal, but everything they touch, specifically creatives, I'll speak to my people, artists, everything we do is a thing and it's a part of us. So for somebody who's worried that automation will create an impersonal vibe to their business, what advice do you have for them? So there's a couple of different things you can do. Um, One, you can actually automate in the creativity so, so let's say that you have uh, a message that's going out and it's the same message every time. So let's, let's talk about the feedback gathering. There are several things you can do in an automation to create eight to 10 different phrases and then randomly choose from those eight to 10 different phrases so that when the automation goes out, it is a different phrase every time. So you spent the time ahead of time coming up with 10 different phrases asking for feedback so that every time they get that message, it feels more personal. And so someone said, well, is that cheating? I said, no, it, you spent a whole bunch of time at the very beginning making sure that your automation could be as personalized as possible. So mm-hmm. if you spent that time earlier so that it works in the long term, there's nothing wrong with that. There, you're not deceiving anyone by doing that. You're creating a situation where you can build in that creativity and let it flow out to the world. And the cool part about that is it scales across multiple customers, right? You don't, it's, you know, 10 different phrases that are randomly generated and it goes out that way. So you can automate in your creativity. 
That is so good. That's so I kind of feel like I feel like I'm trying to poke holes, every hole that I could think to poke into the automation process. And you're like, oh, I got some duct tape for that. And I got some duct tape for that. I absolutely love the conversation we're having, having because I don't think that what we're talking about is a lack of emotion or personal connection. I think what we're really talking about is getting back time to further the relationships in ways that like pay off that don't require automation. So I'm definitely not saying impersonalize the business, but like attribute time where you can know like only you can do that. And it's not the 15 one, one. So for people who are starting now, for somebody who wants to invest in high level services, like the one that you provide in those conversations, that's going to maybe perhaps take a different level of an entrepreneur. But for somebody who's just starting or somebody with a smaller budget, like talk to me about the budgeting of all of this. And then you can even talk about where you fall in in that spectrum. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So the first thing I would say to yourself, I I mean, if you've read, uh, there's a book uh, by Michael Gerber called The E-Myth. And I highly recommend that book. Um, I do too, like a thousand times over. mm -hmm. So, So as a solopreneur, Um, One of the first things you have to understand is that you are a solopreneur, but you have three hats, the manager, the entrepreneur, and the technician from this book. And and I won't go too deep into it, but I will tell you, you should budget, you know, at least 10 to 15% of your time each week where you are working on the business instead of in the business, right? We talked about that earlier. Don't let the business run you, you run the business. You have to work on the business and not in the business. And that time that you spend working on the business can and should be partly done automating, okay? So, so what I would definitely budget 10 to 15% of your time, even 20, depends on where you are in your business and how much is coming through, right? Because you gotta, you gotta bring in those sales or you know what, where does it go, right? So that the, in terms of actual monies that you're throwing at automation, I would give yourself a small budget initially software-wise. You're going to spend anywhere from $25 to $50 a month on different pieces of software. I'm a big fan of Zapier. Uh, we're a Zapier certified consultant. We use Zapier a lot to automate for different businesses. Um, the other one that I would get highly involved with, is, which is actually fairly free if you're just using a Gmail account, but Google Sheets is incredibly powerful or Excel, making all of those connections go and and automating that data, organizing that data, getting it where it needs to go. So I would start out with a software budget of somewhere between 25 and hundred dollars a month. And many of you are like, wait, did he just say $25 a month? Yes, I did. $25 a month. I'm not talking about don't go buy the $500 piece of software yet. You don't need it. There's There's other pieces of software. So make yourself that budget. And remember, you have real dollars that you can spend on this because you're freeing up time to work on something out on something else. It's investing in your business. So pretty powerful that way. Now to break off and, and answer the question, okay, well, what about when you need to engage an automation consultant or you need to bring in someone like that? Um, you'd be surprised. We actually have hourly packages that are like 600 bucks a pop. Um, gives you three hours of automation time. And that'll last you for a couple of months because we're very fast. Um, and what's going on. So for the smaller solopreneur that's out there, I wouldn't hesitate to get your get your hands dirty, see what's there, find the biggest thing on your 1511 list, and then go find an automation consultant, drop 600 bucks on it. And you'd be surprised at how often, as long as you found the right thing when you're going through that 1511, that you'll see return on investment there. So yes, absolutely. You know, it can be expensive, but 
there's opportunities. So I want to add a sub level to what Will just said. So I have just mad appreciation for somebody who truly understands the journey of a solopreneur. I think that Will honored that. He didn't pitch the thing he sold. And I think it comes in two ways. It pays off because, wow, dude, thanks for hooking a sister up. But also at the same time, when we go back to answering those four questions that Will asked, where is the data now? Where do we want it to go? Where is it in the in-between? And what triggers the process? Hey, you needed to give me a second, Will. I had it, homie. I had it. I had it. I had it. Okay. So then here's the beautiful thing is when you go to a data consultant, You've already done the work. You're not paying them to do work that, A, just to be real, you should have done your own because you can't hire somebody to fix a problem if you don't even know where the problem actually originates and what's happening in that process. So Will's doing himself a favor to be like, yo, you got to do this to empower us. And guess what? He's saying you got to do that. And it's going to cost somewhere between $25 and $100 a month to a solopreneur. Like, just hear me clearly. You spending that month that much each month with a clear plan is going to save you so much time to actually build the business. This is pretty dang incredible. How do people, I mean, so we know that you got a podcast, shout out to your podcast, right? Let's give a little shout out again to your podcast. So it's automate, delegate, eliminate is the name of the podcast. And uh, you can find it at dataautomation.com forward slash podcast. Or you can literally type in automate delegated eliminate.com, which is like the longest domain name of all, of all time. <laughs> um, but, but yes, uh, that, that's the name of our podcast. Our first uh, season was all about um, e-commerce sellers and kind of picking apart that, the, the, the different processes that are there. But look through those episodes. There's, a, there's an episode on delegation, which is huge for the solopreneur, understanding where that is. Um, there's another episode where I talk to uh, a consultant who's starting her business and, and she uh, runs uh, an agency overseas and she's doing the solopreneur thing. It just some really good nuggets there for somebody who's trying to understand when it's time to hire that first person. Uh, this is amazing. And for people who want to connect with you on social, how do they find you? So um, you can find us, you know, uh, on on Facebook and Twitter. You know, you look for for Data Automation. We're the one with the big green seal as as our as our logo. DataAutomation.com. You can hit us up there as well, um, and and we're here for you. Um, we're we're here to help. Look at that. If you mentioned that you heard about us on this podcast, we're totally throwing in um, thirty minutes of free automation where we won't go in and just scope out what's going on. We're actually going to get our arms, our hands dirty and pick apart what's going on and try to automate it. So, okay. So I have to just come out and tell listeners what, number one, like, will I need to say thank you. Number two, I had no idea this was coming. And number three, to be, to be totally clear, I get nothing from this. Like I just want people to get a jump start in their business. There's no shady, nothing going on. The podcast has been, and currently is for free as a value add. The fact that will is giving 30 minutes, like to automate, like, dude, homie, thank you. Thank you for serving people so well. I appreciate that. We, we believe that the solopreneur deserves a chance at actually creating a business. I mean, you, you look at, at, at the E-Myth and some of those others and why they talk about how most small businesses fail and what you can do about it, like that's their whole tagline. Um, we believe that we can give back to the community and to the solopreneur so that they can get there. And so we want to we get in there. We want to show you that 30 minutes and we want to educate you as much as we can so that you can do some of this automation on your own. 
I absolutely love this. I think the reason why Will has been on this podcast is because we share a mutual passion. I know that my purpose in the world is to empower small business owners to believe that the impossible is possible for them. And the way that we make things possible is by clearing out a lot of the noise. We want to watch for the symbols and emblems that will empower us and clear out the noise. I think automation helps clear out the noise. Well, Thank you a thousand times over for blowing my dang mind. And I'm sure the minds of so many listeners, y'all, please drop Will a little nugget of gold, dataautomation.com and drop the podcast if you guys want that 30 minutes. There you go, Will. Thank you a thousand times over. Yep, glad to be here. Will is so brilliant and gave such practical tips on how to take things off your plate in your business. Don't do what I did. Don't spend years doing things manually that could have been automated with just a few clicks. Be sure that you connect with Will today, friend. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you loved it, please leave a five-star review for the Jasmine Star Show on Apple Podcast. Then you could snag my three-part audio course on how to build a brand on social media at jasminestar.com forward slash IG branding. If you're interested in creating a recognizable brand and turning followers into customers, this course is for you. So leave an iTunes review and head to jasminestar.com forward slash branding and grab it for free. Thank you so much for tuning into the Jasmine Star Show. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon.